Kentucky. As I mentioned, I've been going through our core values recently at the core. And today we get to talk a little bit about live, which means what does it look like to live as Jesus lived? And we're going to do something a little bit different today that we like to do every once in a while here at Radiant. And we're going to do more of a panel. I'm going to ask Jason some questions. We're going to chat through it. We get to chat with Pastor Ben Mueller this morning as well. And we are looking forward to it. So let's kick it off. You guys excited? Yeah, let's talk about it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So it's no doubt that the last three to four years have been pretty instrumental for Radiant Church. There's been a lot of changes. There's been some awesome wins. There's been some tough lows, and we've walked through this together. But I think it's safe to say that about three or four years ago, um, we started using this language of we got tired of the show. Specifically, you got tired of the show. What, what did that look like, and where has that journey taken us for people who may be new here today? Yeah, I mean, I'm a sharing guy, so when I get uncomfortable, you get uncomfortable. That's kind of how yeah, that works it's accurate. Uh, on that. And, you know, it, it took a while to wrestle through it. I, I, the Lord was stirring. He's like, I'm just tired of the show, but what did that mean? Because we know down deep, nobody wants to come to the weekend and bring junk. That's, that's certainly not the goal. We always want to give our best. We always want to create an environment to help people connect with God and others. Uh, so I, I really had to wrestle with it a while. What is this I'm feeling? Why am I feeling it? And, and really what I realized, it was a matter of posture and began asking some of the hard questions like, are we doing the right things? Why do we do what we're doing? Is it that we're trying to compete with other churches? Uh, is it that we're trying to just put on a show and entertain people? What is the reason for what we do? And, and it just, you know, I had to wrestle through that quite a bit and, and, and just realize, you know, I knew why I was in ministry. I knew what I wanted to accomplish. And, and so the tougher question then that I had to back up was to go, well, am I okay if with somebody just occupying a chair? Am I okay with them being a spectator? And, and I knew the answer because I know my calling and I know why I got in ministry. And the answer is, no, God called me into ministry to make disciples. And so then you have to head into the harder conversation and go, are the things we're doing helping people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ? That was the tension. And so we began to engage that. And I realized it was bigger than Sunday morning. It was bigger than every, you know, anything else. It, it was just all-encompassing. As a church, are we devoted to making disciples? And a real quick just reminder, we've talked about this before, what is a disciple? Well, a disciple is a person who leaves their old life behind to be with a master in order to learn to do the things the master does, say the things the master says with the intent of becoming who or what that master is. It's a long definition, the point being that they're more than just a learner. This is a person becoming like their master. And if we're to truly be a follower of Jesus Christ, then we're becoming like Jesus. So we took this posture into everything we do in, in our day-to-day -day working relationships too. And you know what? It first affected our meetings. So instead of sitting down and saying, hey, how'd the weekend go? What could we do better? While those are important questions, the first questions we began to ask each other was, who have you connected with in the last week? And how did you help somebody take a next step at Radiant Church? revolutionized our meetings because it poured it away from just the weekend event and put it into who are we pouring into and how are we helping shepherd this congregation. We then moved it into our small groups. We already had some dynamic groups going, but we realized we had to even have a greater intensity there. And, and we more and more began to teach our small group leaders, listen, you're not just a host home. This isn't just a, a teaching and dessert time. We need our small group leaders acting like and understanding that they are pastors. 
I call them little C's, little churches within the big C, church. Really, the weekend in a dream environment would be a gathering of the small groups that come together for worship and praise. But more and more understanding that group leaders need to see their role as one of discipling, shepherding, and pastoring their small congregation of people. And we've seen some amazing fruit come out of that conversation. Even more so than we begin to understand how can we elevate shepherding and care in our congregation. And we've been talking through, and you've heard us discussing the shepherd team. And we're still working on the dynamics of that, but that the shepherd team understands that they exist not only to help equip and resource our group leaders, but they help to love on the people who maybe aren't in a group just yet and maybe try to nudge them a little bit to get involved in the group. They reach out to some of our shut-ins and some of our elderly as well. Just how can we elevate the care level that's at the church? And then that conversation even more so recently has begun to make its way back into our Sunday morning service, into our worship time. Realizing that, hey, if you only get somebody for 75 minutes a week, how can we be great stewards with that time? How can we help in every aspect of that service be a moment for somebody to encounter Christ, to experience God, to, to truly take a theme for the day and really flesh it out and go on a journey throughout the entire thing to help people understand, here's what I want you to know today, and here's how you can take a step towards Jesus. You heard me talk recently, it's about the mind and the heart to the hands. And so you'll see, it's not just about knowledge. How can we apply what we learn as well? And so, Manny, that's a long explanation to explain that this journey of uncomfortableness started with really asking the tough questions, are we making disciples? Are we being intentional with it? You made the last three or four years sound really pretty, actually, and really easy and sweet. No. So, uh, no, it's been it's been a lot of hard work, and it's been a lot of internal changes, and it's been a lot of, yeah, getting out of our comfort zone and then getting to bring you guys on that journey right along with us. So we hope you're uncomfortable as well. Um, no, that's really good. I love what you mentioned about it not being a competition, right? It's not a competition between the churches. It's never been our desire to be the biggest and baddest church in Pleasant Hill, right? That's not our idea at all. But you did talk about, like, what does make us unique? What does make us stand out? And I think that's a really big deal because we have been, uh, as in staff meetings and one-on-ones and things like that, talking about that idea a lot. What does make Radiant Church unique? What does make Radiant Church stand out? And what do we as a church, as, the, as God's church, desire to be known for? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, because it was another uncomfortable wrestling time. Uh, what is unique? What is Radiant all about? And, and, and just in full transparency with you, when we first started and I started wrestling with it, I didn't have an answer for it. I didn't. If you'd asked me at the end of the day, what's unique about Radiant? I didn't have an answer. Now, I hear a lot, and, and I agree. People will say, well, Radiant is just nice. The people are friendly. It's warm. It's welcoming. And I think that's amazing. But is that really what Radiant should be known for? That's a good thing. Please don't lose that. Please, Please uh, nice. on that. But is that, at the end of the day, ultimately what we want to be known for. And that's more and more where you began to hear me talking about, no, what about presenting you mature in Christ? What does that look like? And, and it went along with the discipling conversation. We have to understand, are we being intentional about helping people move through the conversation of what it means to be a disciple and to grow in the relationship with Jesus Christ? And so one of the things we began to understand uh, in the last two years or so wrestling through that is that for most people, their Christian journey is a process. 
I, I kind of move it into four phases that most people go through at some point. Could be more, could be less. It's different for everybody. But these are four pretty common phases and postures that I see p- people walk through. And we want to be more intentional about engaging those environments because we're here today. I mean, all about discipling is about living as Jesus lived. That's the core value we're talking about today. So how can we help you live more and more as Jesus lived? And so we've been having a lot of conversations uh, about that behind the scenes. And that process, what it looks like, I'm probably going to stand up here for a second, you know, because uh, they're going to show some slides up there. There's four phases that most people go through. There's exploring, there's awakening, there's growing, and there's partnering. Partnering, And I want to break those down just a little bit if I could. For most people, they start in this explore stage and and maybe you've been there at some point when somebody's at explore they they've got questions they want to learn more about faith they're curious but they haven't taken that step in they're they're dipping their toe in the water testing things out seeing trying to learn a little more about religion and other things and i think that's amazing in fact if that's where you are welcome I want you to know that Radiant is a safe place for you to start that journey. Ask those difficult questions, and we would love to partner with you on that. Another group that's in Explore might be a group of people who have walked through a defining moment in life. Something has happened, uh, maybe a crisis, a tragedy, or whatever it may be. Uh, things have changed, and that has caused them now to ask questions. And, and oftentimes, we have to kind of reach the end of ourselves before we ask those questions and break through the noise and the chaos. And so that's what Explore is all about, just people testing out the water, others maybe walking through a difficult time, and they have questions. We want to be able to provide those answers. And more and more, we want to create environments, and we'll talk about this in a minute, where we can ask them, what is your story? Kind of discover their worldview and ask, is your story God's story for your life? And invite them into that. The next phase that uh, people walk through is awaken. And when I talk about awaken, I don't mean that you awaken yourself. One of the truths of the Bible is that it is God who awakens us. He goes before us. He draws us in. And more and more, we become awakened to the realities. As we wrestle through those questions, we kind of move in here and we begin taking steps of faith. We begin leaning into Jesus during this time. It's at this point that we need to talk about the message of Jesus more and more. We call that the gospel. And, and, and not just the gospel, as you've heard me talk about this, not the Americanized gospel. We want to talk about the entire gospel of Jesus Christ. Colossians tells us that we're more than just forgiven, that we are forgiven, that we have been set free, that we're reconnected back to God. In fact, the ultimate goal of the gospel is Christ in us. We have the Holy Spirit living in and through us. So we want to be able to have a good conversation with the culture about what the entire gospel looks like and the challenge that Jesus was calling to live it out. Now the next phase after that though is growing, but I want to hit a time out for just a second if I could. Notice that uh, the color changes between awaken and grow, and I, I do that on purpose. Because somewhere between awaken and grow is where a whole bunch of Christians get stuck. Even a church about 18 years ago did a study on this and found that somewhere around this time, a lot of people get stuck in their Christian journey. And the reason why, as you can see, uh, if you go one more slide uh, on that, it's because of this. It's surrendering. See, for a lot of Christians, they, they, they take a step to believe in Jesus and, and receive the gospel. But one of the things a lot of us struggle with is to surrender our will and our way to him. We're, we're still kind of negotiating the terms. 
of our surrender in many ways. And what keeps us from stepping into the way of Christ fully is that there are still things in our lives we have not fully surrendered yet. And so for this reason, a lot of Christians get stuck here. More and more, we're going to talk about that as we go forward. Two of the things they have to wrestle with, you see at the top, the first one is we have to move from just having a feed me mentality is we have to begin to have a feed others mentality. Now, in the past, I brought this up, and I'll tell you something. This is something where some Christians get kind of testy on it. You see, it's easy to see church from the standpoint of, hey, what's in it for me? The church exists for my wants, needs, and desires. But if that happens, you might slip into consumerism. And the church can't stop simply by saying it needs to feed me. I do think the church exists for that, so this is an and. At some point, we have to be able to take that posture beyond just what's in it for me. And we have to say that I exist for God and I exist for others, which is the truth of Scripture. Jesus said, no greater love than to lay down your life for your friend. Constantly an outward focus that we do not just live for ourselves. But that can be a difficult moment for a lot of people. The other one we've talked about as well. Early on in our Christian walk, we understand that Jesus is our Savior. That he forgives our sins and he gives us the promise of heaven. And I don't know about you, but I love that. I love that piece of it. And for a lot of people early in their journey, Jesus is their Savior. But the transition they don't always make is that Jesus is also your King. His invitation was for you to join his kingdom movement of which he is King. And what that means is he's calling you to bow down to him. Again, surrender your will and your way to him. He's calling the shots in your life. That can be a hard step for a lot of Christians to take. And so we need to wrestle with that more and more if we're truly going to mature. Because the goal is we want to learn as we grow the way of Christ. And now I'm going to invite my good friend, Pastor Ben, up because he's been working on this phase of it. Would you welcome him uh, to talk a little more about it? Awesome. Hey, as, as Ben gets set up here real quick, I just want to I just want to talk to a group of people this morning. If you are a guest here this morning at Radiant Church, or maybe you're newer at Radiant Church, or or this is the first time you've been at a church in a long time, we recognize that you're being welcomed in to a three-year-long conversation. We recognize that this can be a little overwhelming. There was some weird lady on stage earlier asking you to fill out a blessing card. We're talking about practices and disciplines and lessons and, and things that we've been soiling and toiling over for years. And we just want to say welcome. Uh, whatever stage you are in, whatever area of life you've come out of, you are welcome in this space this morning. And if you have questions, if this seems like something that you want to dive into, will you please talk to us? Come chat with us. We would love to go out to coffee with you. We would love to invite you with us into the way of Christ, into what we believe is next steps for Radiant Church. So I just want to say, if you're a guest, you're welcome here. And I, I realize this can be overwhelming, but we are excited to take this journey with you. So welcome, Pastor Ben, one more time. Come on. Absolutely. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good to see you. For those who don't know, uh, my name is Ben, and I serve as the uh, assistant pastor, but also the Ankeny campus pastor. So I don't get to see you as much, but I'm, I'm glad when I do get to. So uh, two weeks ago at the Ankeny campus, we opened the service with a very simple question. And the question was this, how do we grow? How do we actually mature, or in the language that Jason just said, how do we become more and more like Jesus Christ? What does it really take for that to happen? 
Is it just, for instance, attaining knowledge, right? For instance, if I, if I were to um, learn every single thing there is to know about this book, backwards and forwards, I have chapters and verse, verses memorized. I could tell you the proper hermeneutical practices for interpretation. I could tell you the languages, the Greek, Aramaic, Hebrew. I could tell you everything there is to know about the Bible and study it inside and out from an educational perspective. Is that enough to grow me into Christ-likeness? How about um, experiences, right? Is it the experience or the experiential encounters that I have with the Holy Spirit? For instance, if I were to go to worship and prayer services every single night of the week, and while I'm there, I'm hearing powerful words spoken and prophetic words spoken over me, and Man, I am just, I'm weeping and I'm losing it and uh, the Holy Spirit is, is doing things and it's powerful and emotional and I'm having those big experiential moments with God. Is, is that enough to grow us? Is that all it takes? Now, my short answer to these questions is sure, right? Potentially, of course. I mean, think about it. On, on the one hand, placing yourself in the study of God's word and placing yourself in environments where the, the spirit uh, can be encountered in tangible ways. Look, those can't help but grow us spiritually. And they're, of course, they're going to be beneficial to our spiritual well-being. But on the other hand, don't we know this to be true, Christian? Don't we know that, that on the other hand, believers can, they can do all the right things for God, but still not be cultivating a deep personal relationship? with Jesus Christ in their inner lives. We've seen this play out over and over again. We can perform on the surface, but neglect the inner transformation that Jesus wants to do in every single one of us. I love this quote from one of the most famous and impactful books on spiritual formation. It's called The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Recommend every one of you read it. It's like a handbook for spiritual disciplines. But check out this quote. He writes and opens the book with this. Superficiality is the curse of our age. The doctrine of instant satisfaction, or satisfaction rather, is a primary spiritual problem. The desperate need today is not for greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. Not smarts, not more talent, not more charisma, anything like that, but depth. Depth of character and integrity in walking with Christ. Christians who are cultivating a deep, intimate relationship with their Savior in Christ in their inner life and not just their outer expressions. So how do we grow? How do we really mature? Well, I think Jesus summed it up really well in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 4. He turns to his disciples and makes it clear. Verse 4, he says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me, Jesus says. Powerful statement. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. Jesus says, if you want to produce fruit, you've got to abide with me. Remain in me. You have to stay connected to the vine. That is Jesus. 
then truth, then depth, then maturity and growth will come. This is the, the main thrust of our message here today as we explore our core value of live. It's over there on the side. You see live as Jesus lived. It's a core value of ours. Because we believe that part of this abiding or remaining in Jesus is to come underneath his way of life the way of Christ, and do the things that Jesus did. After all, this is exactly what Scripture tells us to do. The passage that we assign to this value of live is 1 John 2, 6. And it reads, Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Can I read that for you one more time? I, I don't want us to miss it here this morning. This is so important. Let me read it one more time. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. Can we just let that like sink in for just a moment there? That's a huge statement. Allow that statement to rest on you for just a moment because I think for me at least the question naturally arises like how, how exactly do I, how do I even do that, right? Like how do I even live as Jesus lived? For instance, is, is the Bible telling me to you know, put my house on the market, book a plane ticket to Jerusalem, right? Sell all my possessions, buy a, a robe, grow a beard, right? Like walk around the streets healing the sick and proclaiming the kingdom. Is, is the Bible telling me to, to, you know, like get in fights with religious leaders? What exactly does that mean to live as Jesus lived? And my simple answer to, to that question is when it comes to, you know, selling your house and moving to Jerusalem is, Maybe, right? <laughs> Maybe that's what God's calling you to do. It could be. Let me ask you this. Would you do it if it was what God was calling you to do, right? First of all. But likely, that's not exactly what is being spoken about in this scripture. After all, with the great commission in mind, Jesus has sent each and every one of us to be witnesses to the ends of the earth in our own context. We are to live as Jesus lived, right here, where we are, for many of us. So how do we do that then? All throughout history, since Jesus came to this earth, spiritual leaders and spiritual fathers and mothers of our faith have agreed that we are indeed meant to follow Ephesians 5, where it says, follow God's example and walk in the way of love. And one of the methods that they agree upon for actually living this out, actually walking in this example, is by practicing what they call the spiritual disciplines. Can I get a show of hands? Who's ever heard of the phrase spiritual disciplines? Raise it up. Don't be shy. A little participation. Okay, yeah, quite a few of you. This is something hopefully you've heard of, and if not, welcome. We're glad you're here. Let me introduce you. These disciplines are a practical way to live as Jesus did by putting into practice his habits into our lives. Let me say that again. By putting into practice his habits into our lives. So what are these spiritual disciplines? Uh, the list varies wherever you look, and they call it different things at different times. But for our purposes today, we're going to zero in on nine core spiritual disciplines. And if this is the first time you're ever even seeing this, that's totally okay, okay? Don't, don't worry. 
uh, and we're going to be walking through this together. But here's, for instance, nine spiritual disciplines. Many of these are core spiritual disciplines, things that Jesus did, habits that we can implement in our life. It includes things like Sabbath, taking a 24-hour window to rest and delight and worship. Includes prayer, of course, you've heard of that. Fasting, uh, abstaining from food for a period of time. Solitude, scripture, community, or maybe you've heard the word fellowship. Simplicity, generosity, and hospitality. By many before us, these practices or these disciplines have been recognized as central to Christian spiritual development. Central to maturity. <clears throat> to quote from uh, Renovare's website, which is a discipleship um, organization, I love this quote. It kind of summarizes what I'm talking about when I'm talking about spiritual disciplines. The quote is, the, the practices of Jesus have been recognized for centuries as the core activities of spiritual life. I like that. Activities, right? Like, everyone likes activities. That's fun, right? We all like that. Core activities of spiritual life. In the same way a, a runner is equipped to compete in a marathon by the discipline of physical training, so training through spiritual discipline frees us to live each day with the easy yoke and light burden Jesus spoke of. So those nine disciplines I just mentioned, those are activities for us to do in order to live out the promises of Christ and grow in depth with him. Spiritual disciplines. So what's the bottom line when it comes to these disciplines for us today? Simply put, they're activities that we can do in our own lives, starting today, that Jesus did. Tried and true methods handed down to us for centuries upon centuries in order to abide in Christ, in order to follow in his example for the purpose of walking in the way of love. Right? We don't do these spiritual disciplines just so that we can feel pious and holier than thou or check boxes off our list. That's not the intention of spiritual disciplines, but it's the purpose of walking in the way of the love of Christ. Simply put, these disciplines or these practices, they're just a means to an end. The end is relationship with Jesus, which I think we can all get behind as believers. So, okay, over the course of the next uh, many months and years, um, you're going to be hearing more and more about growing and cultivating your inner life, as Jason just mentioned in this grow section and walking in the way of Christ. And we've been working for months now, and we've been reading and strategizing and meeting and praying and conversing and planning and implementing. We've been doing a lot of things um, in order to bring this to Radiant Church. And I just, I have to say, on a personal note, I, I'm just so excited. I really, really am excited about the fruit that's going to be blossoming out of this as we attach ourselves to the vine through practical means and methods, okay? And our hope is that um, we will use these practices in within the context of community, right? Our goal is not for everyone just to run off to their corners and do these disciplines by themselves, but rather to come together in communities, be it your small group or other environment, where you can live these out, try them out, come together and be like, hey, how did that go? Well, it was really hard and it didn't really work so well and I'm still learning. And, and the people around you say, hey, no problem. Keep at it. Way to go. Let's try again next week. And so there's that motivation of community helping us along in these things. Because let's be honest, how many of us, um, how many of us have, have already kind of failed at our New Year's resolutions a little bit, okay? You don't have to raise your hand, right? Uh, but let's be honest, most of us, okay? <laughs> and just statistically, right? We, we, 
have a hard time doing things when we're trying to do them by ourselves. But when we do them in community, God can use that in radical, radical ways. And so what does this look like? We foresee these being groups in some instances. We foresee them uh, being classes. But we want to take it beyond just the, you know, educational sphere. We see, see this as being like experiential retreats. And we see these as um, all sorts of things, partnering with Wellsprings of Freedom Ministry, all sorts of things like that. And these modules, again, won't be something to just check off your list so that we can, you know, arrive <laughs> as Christians. But rather, our hope is to really reorient our lives to these practices. But I got to give you a disclaimer. As you look at these, these, this list of nine things, you might be like, oh my goodness, okay, like, I have nine more things now I have to do on my already busy schedule, and like, I, I'm having a hard, hard enough time just even like reading the Bible in a year, and we totally understand that. So the disclaimer is this, these practices, these spiritual disciplines, they're not designed to be something that you pile on the plate of your already busy schedule. The invitation for us as a church over the next months and over really the next many years is to come together in community and to begin to reorient our lives, reschedule our lives, reprogram our lives, reshape our lives around doing the things that Jesus did, simply put, for the end goal of intimacy and relationship in depth in him growing in grace together so the question is how do we grow how do we really grow and become become more and more like jesus christ excuse me <clears throat> well it's by abiding in jesus it's by living like jesus lived by apprenticing underneath him, being a disciple, doing the things our master did in our daily lives. Why? For the sake of loving others well and for the kingdom. And so we're so excited about what the future holds. I'm going to uh, invite Pastor Jason to come on forward, but we just ask now that you would just continue praying with us, and we hope that you'll prayerfully consider being a part of this journey with us. Again, this is going to be months and years in the road. And, and us leaders, we recognize this is hard, hard uh, for all of us. In fact, we're um, trying to implement a lot of these spiritual disciplines. And I think we would be the first to admit, we've got a lot of, lot of room to grow. But you know what? We're doing it together. And that's the key. And so I hope you're excited about um, what's to come at Radiant as we walk in the way of Christ. Yeah, thanks, guys. What could God do with a church living out the way of Christ and everything they do? I believe that's a church that can transform a community and the world around them. But again, we can't get caught in the trap, as Ben said. It's not about doing. It's not about checking off, off a box. These disciplines exist to become more like Jesus. We are becoming our master. Final step as part of this journey, many of you have walked through here recently, and the final step on it is partnering. In that step, we want to kind of look at our dashboard indicators to explore 
further? Are you connecting? Are you growing? Are you serving? Are you giving? Are you multiplying? Dashboard indicators, it's like your car. If a light goes off, that's a warning sign that you need to dive further, learn a little more about it. And and the conversation came like if someone were sitting in my office, and, and they have before, and said, you know what, Pastor, I feel like I'm going backwards, or I've stalled out of my spiritual journey. What areas would we look at? Is it everything? No, but it's a good starting point to look at. Are you connecting? Are you growing? Are you serving? Are you giving? Are you multiplying? And to learn more about that. Because partnership, which is what maybe you've seen in other churches that call membership, but we we realize membership kind of says privileges. Partnership is a leadership step. We're calling you to join with us in this journey to be a part of the solution. It is a leadership step. And what do leaders do? Leaders exist to equip and resource others to be everything God created them to be. And so partnership is an invitation as the final phase in this journey to invite people into it. We've taken uh, in the last year nearly 60 people through the partnership journey, and it began by me writing a book, and, and not for any reason other than I tried to find out in the marketplace something that said what I think is about Radiant and who we are and where God's taken us, and I couldn't find it, so you know what? I, I took a month off, you remember, a couple summers ago, and I wrote it, and, and it's called Dashboard Indicators, and we've been able to walk nearly 60 people through that. Uh, if it's something you just want to read, uh, I don't talk about it much, but it is available on Amazon.com. Just uh, look up Dashboard Indicators and my name, and it'll, it'll take you right there to the page on that. The next question people have been asking, when are you going to be doing Dashboard Indicators again? And the answer is, I'm not quite sure yet, but hang on. I'm working on a couple large projects right now, uh, and I can't add a third one onto my list at the moment, but it will be coming soon this spring uh, when we'll launch another Dashboard Indicators. I usually only take about 16 to 18 people through it at a time. Uh, so coming soon. One of those projects I'm working on as we go backwards a little bit in the journey is uh, I'm writing uh, the next book. I really just finished it up kind of in the last week and we'll send it off to editing. And uh, the title of that one's going to be, I'll go back to that slide if you could uh, on that, is What You Build Your House On Matters. If you remember the story, one builds their house on the sand, one builds their house uh, on the rock. Uh, we're going to explore that story further, but understanding, uh, you know, kind of exploring in your life, what are the things that you've built your house upon uh, what really matters, what has shaped your story. We really kind of want to interrupt your status quo and the busyness of your life long enough to ask some of those important questions that we talked about. And then the next one is uh, about 50% done with the book uh, called Missing Ingredients. And it's just as we've talked about, what does it mean to explore the entire gospel? Now, I like to cook, and I'm assuming some of you probably like to cook as well out there. And if you've learned, uh, anytime you want something to taste right, you need to follow the recipe. You know, use the entire recipe. And that's kind of where the idea came from, is the idea that if we want to experience the entire gospel, the good news of Jesus, we need to have the entire gospel in our lives. And so we're going to explore that further at that time. So those are a couple of projects we're working on at the moment. Our goal today, I know this is unusual. Normally we come to teach and to preach on Sundays, but sometimes we have to take a step back and I need to put my CEO hat on every now and then and just say, here's what we've been working on. Here's what we're excited about. Here's what we've been praying over and where God is taking us. And uh, just to kind of introduce you to this journey, you're going to be seeing more and more of it in the coming years. 
as we believe God has given us clarity to help walk people through these various stages, to be intentional about it, and the goal is just to create environments, safe environments, for you to ask the questions you want to ask and start a conversation to help you more and more become awakened to the reality of Jesus and to begin stepping into living as Jesus lived. In other words, to live out the way of Christ in your life. So I hope that's exciting for you. We did kind of hit you with a fire hose this morning, so I know you might want to process it, but my hope and my desire is that you're excited that we are talking about these things. We are being intentional, and this is the journey we'll be inviting you into in the next two, three, four years, however long God believes for us to walk through it. Let's pray.